Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. Hey, hey, hope you're feeling good. This is Podcast 422. As we get into persuasion, influence, negotiation, even how do you connect with people or get those conversation starters that aren't high lactose cheesy and people actually want to talk to you and like you, we need to talk about it because that first impression is critical. The cement dries fast. Sure, you could rip up the cement, but if you've ever done that, that's a lot of hard, unnecessary work when you could have done it right the very first time. I'm hoping you're achieving all your goals this week. Life's changing. You're changing other people's lives. What did I do? I worked on a fourth book. I don't know when this was taking a long time. I know what it takes to get it done. I just got to get it done, find the motivation. And I prepped for a seminar on to get new managers to be better coaches, to give more feedback, to be better getting that commitment. Because a lot of times new managers are really not good at the feedback They're either too nice or too harsh, especially in the manufacturing sector when someone's been promoted from the floor and now they're the trader, the manager, and you're telling me what to do. You used to be my friend. It shouldn't have to be that way, but that's what I've been prepping for to deliver next week. So let's dive into the geeky scholarly article. From Vanderbilt University, UCLA, and the Journal of Cerebral Cortex. I know you have that one on your shelf. I'll put the link at MaximizeYourInfluence.com along with all the information you need to take your free Persuasion IQ assessment, get the free new edition of Max Influence, pick up a little shipping and handling, and check out all the advanced training programs, including InfluenceUniversity.com. All right, there's your plug, there's your housekeeping. The title for this one, Mind's Eye Blink, Proves Paying Attention, is not just a figure of speech. You're like, what does that mean? Well... Your eyes blink, and so for that second, they can't see. So when your attention from your brain shifts from one place or one thing to another, your brain blinks, just like your eyes blink, (laughs) okay? And so it kind of blinks between that space between focusing on the two things, just like your eyes blink. So they call this a momentary unconscious gap in visual perception when they were looking at the benefits of attention. So just like there's that gap in visual perception when your eyes blink, When I go from topic to topic, subject to subject, thing to thing, your brain blinks. It actually has an unconscious visual gap. They say in the article, attention is beneficial because it increases our ability to detect visual signals even when we are looking in a different direction. So the more focused we are, right, we're picking up more information. But when you're going from topic to topic, your brain blinks and you might miss something in between. So they did research with monkeys, always the monkeys, and they monitored their neuron activity because these particular monkeys were good at shifting attention without moving their eyes. Most animals can't do that. In fact, when I teach detecting deception, your eye movement, where your eyes go, can tell you a lot. If you're a visual person, an auditory person, are you making up a memory? Are you remembering a memory? Your eyes do a lot for your brain and recall. But the researchers discovered that the activity of the neurons and the visual cortex 
were disrupted, momentarily disrupted, when they had to shift their attention from a game they were playing to something completely different. So even if the spacing between images or pictures, for example, if I'm showing you a bunch of pictures real fast, if there's not enough time in between your brain blink, you might not see the second or third image because it's been blinking while that image was up for a short time. Sometimes it's called temporary blindness, especially when it's like a violent image and it shocks your brain. Your brain blink could actually be even a little longer. So what's that got to do with anything? I don't know. It was just interesting. <laughs> well, no, it has a lot to do with the law of involvement, that if it's too much, too fast, bouncing from topic to topic, and your presentations like ping pong, they might have these gaps where it's perfect sense to you because you talk about it all the time, but they miss it. But regardless, the retention someone gets during your presentation is very, very low. Don't get offended. Don't get upset. If they can't remember something, they didn't see it. It was obvious to you. Well, I already covered that. You got to walk them through step by step. That's number one, right? Maybe they just didn't have a good attention span. Number two could be the brain blink. There you go. Your new word for the week. Yeah, your brain blink. Woo. <laughs> and you could mock people for it. Well, maybe not, but it sounds fun anyway. Which shoots us to the persuasion blinja. A little bit of both. And this one I've brought up before because this is one of my things to where, you know, most restaurants now, there's a supply chain problem. We get it. There's an employee problem, not enough people to hire. Get it. But, you know, when you're not up front with somebody how long something's going to take and you don't own up for some of those things, it could go south. So the family went out to a nice Chinese restaurant. You probably heard of it. Not going to name names because they made it right. And we were there a long time, and it took forever to get the appetizers. And then, it was like 30, 40 minutes later, one plate came, and I'm like, go ahead and eat. Who knows when the rest are going down? And like 30 minutes later, the rest of the stuff started to come out, but then people had to start leaving because we had been there for over an hour and a half, right? Blunder, expectations were not met, causes frustration, which can lead to anger. All right, I get the supply chain, I get it. You just need to make it right. Everybody blows it. I blow it. We all blow it. Just make it right. So I said this to the young lady. I said, look, we've been here a long time. Obviously, we had to wait a long time, and that wasn't acceptable. And then she says, very fast. Well, everyone had to wait a long time. I'm like, okay, that's not helping at all. And there was a series of other excuses after that. I said, look, either make this right or we're not coming back. We'll have to talk to my manager. I'm like, well, that's fine, too. And it was about another 20-minute wait, which did not help things. But the manager did come and I think comped about half the meal, a few gift certificates, a few other things, apologized, didn't blame supply chain, didn't blame the, the low number of employees, just made it right and I'll be going back. And that's all that needed to happen. So the blunder part is the waitress was not trained well, making excuses, saying things that would make somebody more upset but they did make it right. That's why I'm not going to mention the name because they did make it right. And that's all you need to do. Just make it right. You're going to make some mistakes. Just own up to it and make it right. That is the Blinja, a little bit of both of the week, the Blunder and the Ninja. Remember where I read your email? Send it to Kurt at MaximizeYourInfluence.com or just go to MaximizeYourInfluence.com. I read your email on the podcast. You get the free gold version of InfluenceUniversity.com for the advanced 
subconscious trigger mindset persuade without detection training. How about that? All right, here it is. This is from Paul from the Dominican Republic. Oh, boy. Paul, that's like one of my favorite places. Love the beaches there. Been to Porto Plata, Punta Cana, Santiago, Santo Domingo, and another one I can't think of. I did do a two-day seminar out there once. It's kind of an emotionally scarred. I'll just share what happened to you. Uh, maybe you were there, but uh, <laughs> let me know if you were. So usually when you're translated, most places I go, like Middle East, a lot of places in South America where you go, they go, you go, they go. So you take all your material and cut it in half. So a two-day seminar in Spanish being translated is probably about one day for me in English. And I made the plans. And I got there to my surprise. It was one of those real-time translators like they use in the UN or I know a lot of places in Europe use the real-time translators where they're just going at the same time. They're in a booth in the back. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> twice as fast as I expected. And I was done with everything after day one. And I still had a second day to go, which caused a late night. We made it happen. Everyone was happy. But that's my emotional scar from the Dominican Republic. Other than that, love the white sand beaches. Love the people. Love the food. Thanks for writing in. Anyway, says Kurt, I know you talked a lot about the change of persuasion negotiation. I want to know if this has changed and what are your thoughts? In negotiation, I've been trained, first one to talk loses. Is that still true? It depends. And not as much as it used to be. It used to be that way when only one person was trained. But if both people go to the same school, first one to talk loses. And after two hours of not talking and staring at each other, that's going to be a problem. Okay, when they've been to the same school. Just like never make the first offer. Most of the time, that's not true. In fact, go back to the archives at Maximize Your Influence and check that one out. And I'll explain why the first offer, most of the time, is a very, very good thing. So, yes, in the past it was, and it still is for the most part, especially when there's a negotiator, maybe a prospect, a persuader, and a prospect, okay? But if there's two persuaders, two negotiators, two lawyers in the room, been to the same school, yeah. I mean, you still want to be silent. Go for it. Try it out. Use it. But if it's been a little too long, and remember, train yourself to go a little too long, that's okay. You can still control the conversation with the question. I can see you're thinking about something. Can you tell me what the main thing is you're thinking about? You still control the conversation. You didn't have to lose face with the silence. That's fine. You could use a little humor or say, what's the perfect solution look like to you? What exactly are you thinking about? So you can maintain control of the conversation I just think it's getting lame, and I've monitored many negotiations when, you know, after 10 minutes, and everyone's looking at each other, and there's awkward feelings in the room, it's time to, to move on, okay? So yes, for the most part, but be careful there. When you're dealing with the people who have been the same school, you'll be wasting a lot of time just staring at each other. But I guess the good news is, when you stare at somebody's eyes, there's an actual study that took two people, and they stared in each other's eyes, they started having amorous feelings towards each other. So if that's your goal, try that out. <laughs> Eye contact's always good. Silence is always good. It gets way too awkward. Just a little humor, a little question will make a huge difference for you. So let's get into connecting with people. Now it's tougher than ever with technology. Everyone stares at their phone. People tend to be a little more awkward. I've seen this with college students. And then there's Zoom, of course. It's easy to maintain a relationship, but not make a relationship or create a relationship. 
So this is important. How do you start a conversation? How do you get people to like you? How do you get things rolling? Too many people have too many dumb, cheesy, high lactose things they say that actually repel people. So be more aware. If you go work a room, there's the food side, there's probably the bathroom side, there's the registration area. Just like when you walk into a a mall from outside, the sun shining, you don't see anything for the first 10, 15 feet. Same thing's true, you're registering, not a good time to approach somebody. When they come out of the bathroom, uh, awkward, or in the bathroom, even a little more awkward. So let them get a chance to get food, approach them, that's fine. Walk up to them on a slight angle. It's a little less confrontational. Make sure you don't violate their proxemics or their space. That could vary by culture and a variety of other things. Careful with touch, especially with viruses and COVID. Do you touch? You know, holding a plate, a little less awkward. Maybe if they reach out their head first, go for it. Eye contact's about 70% of the time. And try to square up your shoulders, have your feet pointing towards them, and have that casual conversation. Now, you can learn a lot more about this at Maximum Influence. It's one of the 12 laws of persuasion, law of connectivity. But, you know, everybody you meet, some people you connect with, some people you don't. And we know, studying millionaire psychology, that millionaire successful people know more people. They have more relationships. They have found people that like them, that have found similarities with them. That's just how it is. So a big part of this is your nonverbals. Make sure they're open. You're not making fists. You're not folding your arms. Where in the room, proximics, your spatial relationships, amount of eye contact, all part of this. Then, of course, it's what you say. The lameness we hear out there, where are you from? How's it going? What's new? How do you do? How about the weather? Hey, did you earn these trophies? Okay. Now, if they're networking too and they're open and willing, it might work. But a lot of you are just like, really? You're talking about the weather? You're talking about my trophies again? You're talking about my fish on the wall again? It could be at a gathering. It could be in their office. What are you going to ask? And try not to do the one-word answers like, what's up? Great. Can you believe where our country's going right now? Uh, a, it's a one-word answer. And B, religion, politics... You're going to offend 50% of the people, period. So (laughs) now if you're trying to gauge where they're at, their beliefs, maybe when you start doing a woman walks into a bar and maybe in offensive jokes, we got to be so careful. If you look good in that suit, look great in that dress, man, you are sexy mama. Okay. Of course we would never say that, but you get it. There are things we just can't do. We can't say. And then you get the creeper creepertons. Can you hear the voices in my head? (laughs) Okay. All right. What planet are you from? Do you believe in monsters under your bed? All right, that's kind of a weird thing. You even might be going too far. Are you married? Are you still single? How much money do you make? How much money's in your wallet right now? <laughs> okay. Yeah, not thinking that's going to work for you. So again, this is going to depend. Gathering strangers, wanting to get to know you, job interview, meeting someone for another company. It just adapt to the situation. Adapt to the person. It's good to get things going and being sincere about it. Hey, tell me your story. How did you get promoted so fast? Tell me about yourself. That's a little better. Now, obviously, if they're cold or distant, they won't want to talk. It doesn't matter what you say. It's going to backfire on you. Hey, what are you working on right now that you're really excited about? What's that one thing you're passionate about? If you could change one thing in the world, what would it be? How long have you known the person that invited you to this party 
to the company, to this gathering. Tell me about the funnest thing you did this week. If you didn't have to work right now, where would you be? What is your favorite hobby? For me, get me talking about boats and boating and wakeboarding, wake skating, wake surfing, and we could talk all night long. As long as they're sincere and they really care, and it also helps when they know what they're talking about. Anytime you can ask for advice, what do you think, what would you do? Sports, maybe, be careful of that. That's like religion of politics. That can offend a lot of people. Hey, I want you to think about the best joke you've ever heard. Let me start off. Let me give you one. Make sure it's good <laughs> and make sure they're in the right mood. Who would be that most inspirational person in your life? Simple stuff. Come up with your own. Follow the model. Whatever you need to do. Watch your body language. Watch the proximity to spatial relationships. And make sure you start off with something good. But again, if they're ornery, angry, mean, a hateful, spiteful, negative, pessimistic, rude person, it's not going to work no matter what you say. Hey, can I give you a million dollars? Right? They're going to shoot you down. That's just how some people are. So it's a numbers game. Try it. For the most part, most people want to talk. That's why they're there. It's no fun to stand alone. For most people, that's an important thing to realize. A few others, and I've used this for job interviews. What are the three adjectives that best describe you? What made you smile this week, this month? What are the top five things on your bucket list or the top two you want to do next? Anything you do to find out about where they grew up, any similarities, the pets they like, how they like to vacation, relax, favorite types of food. Yeah, maybe. Be sincere, be genuine, be authentic, really care, good eye contact, body language. I talked about that. I talked about that. Just do it in the right way. It makes a difference. Again, first impressions. What do you have? 30 seconds? Cement dries fast. You have to do it the right way. I heard one the other day. Do you sing in the shower? <laughs> it's getting a little, probably a little too personal. Be careful. Again, depends on the situation and a variety of other factors. But it is important to start a conversation. Keep it going. Show sincere interest. Use your people skills. Make another friend. Because the goal with a lot of this, I mentioned earlier, was similarity theory, which is we like people that seem similar to us, familiar to us, like us. And if you find that one thing, that's what sparks a relationship, finding something in common. And you can find something in common with everybody you meet, I promise you. We're both human. We're both breathing air. And hopefully you don't have to stretch that far, but find something in common because that opens the doors for your people skills to work for your influence to work, but you have to find something in common. That's what a lot of these questions are based on, finding something, anything in common. Find that connection point, spark the relationship, and that's what makes the biggest difference. There you have it, another one for the Books Podcast 422. So we talked about connecting conversation starters and all that. Be a little more courageous. Go up to them, be ready. Have some questions ahead of time. Yeah, don't write them on your sleeve or on your hand. Uh, that would repel but be ready for it. So what can you add? What is yours? Out of everything I talked about, what is that one phrase, that one thing you feel comfortable with asking people and use it? It makes the huge difference. So thanks for listening. Tell your family, friends, and enemies about the podcast. Remember, we can be found at iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, under Maximize Your Influence. And we've got a special this week on the 111 Sales Hacks. These are three-minute videos you can watch every day, every other day, once a week, whatever it is. Three to four minutes. Here's the science. This is why it works. This is how you do it. How do you persuade under the radar? How do you use those Jedi mind tricks? Whatever you want to call them. It's not available online. There's going to be a special link. 
in your email or at maximizeyourinfluence.com under this podcast. Huge discount. It's not something I make available to the general public. Check it out. There's actually more than 111. I am always adding different tools and techniques, categorizing them, and you get access to the whole thing. Check it out. Go to MaximizeYourInfluence.com, hit podcast, 422, and you will get the link. So you know the drill here. Take one thing, apply it, use it, become a better negotiator, watch the silence, become a better leader, better influencer, better manager, and one of my favorites, more charismatic, and then go out and persuade with power.